Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy. For today, my name is Heather and I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view on you're going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to tonight's podcast. Guys, you are not going to believe what I'm going to tell you guys tonight. Now, you may, in your deepest, darkest nightmares, might have actually contemplated this possibly happening. But, <laughs> let me tell you, the WEF does have plans, and it has a lot of plans. And I think they're going to use um, chaos from all different directions to uh, bring their Agenda 2030 um to fruition in their minds but what we have to believe is that we serve an all-powerful all-knowing God and so nothing happens unless our Heavenly Father allows it to happen but God has told us in his word what will happen in the end days and so we kind of, you know, want to pay attention, folks. Get your, get your, um, the hairs on the back of my head are standing up. Let me tell you. Woo, praise the Lord. I do have some wonderful, I mean, wonderful news to share with you guys. So, uh, real quick before we jump into headlines, I have got to give you guys a major, major praise report. Now, listen, my friend Stephanie, she's like my sister, uh, Stephanie uh, Schof Blackstock and her husband, Dwayne have been through so much. You know, remember I was telling you guys a while back that um, he was in the hospital because he had to have a trach put in because he had the tumor removed out of his throat and he had cancer, stage four cancer. Um, they didn't have insurance and so they couldn't even get ways to feed him through the trach. Oh, folks, they've been through so much. And while they were doing, they own a, a mill there in uh, Florida. So if you guys live in the panhandle of Florida and you need some woodworking done, let me tell you, they're the best. But um, anyway, so she was training this other guy um, to take, you know, Dwayne's place while he couldn't work. And, of course, at that point in time, and all the way up until, like, today, we honestly thought that he didn't have much time um, to live. And so that's their only means of um, providing for themselves. And he can make anything, let me tell you. And so they, they do all the milling and all of that stuff. And so the guys stole their vehicles, stole their trailer, stole their equipment. Um, and it was a big, major thing. But God came through. God came through miraculously. And um, intervened and did a whole bunch of stuff there. And I was like, oh, man, praise the Lord. And then today, I get this text message. Guys, I got to read this to you, okay? So let me open up my phone here. And so she had asked for prayer this morning earlier. So it was, it was quite a long time ago, about 16 hours ago, I guess, she had asked um, for prayer. And um, I said, oh, no. I said, any news? And so I asked her, I said, what's going on? Uh, and so she texted me this this morning about 9 o'clock. And she said, um, 10 o'clock their time because they're in Florida and I'm in Texas. And she said, uh, since he didn't have insurance, he hasn't been able to have the treatments. And he finally got Medicaid and we're praying um, it hasn't gotten to the point they can't kill it. She's talking about the cancer. She said it spread to both sides of his throat. And we're going to his first oncologist appointment today. Prayers needed for sure. Anyway, sis, she goes, thanks, love you. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I had been in prayer all day. All day, I'd send it out to my church. I'd send it out to my prayer warrior friends. Um, and of course I'd woke up this morning praying for him as well and going to bed last night in the middle of the night. I even woke up thinking about Dwayne and so I thought, oh, and so of course, and I woke up to find that text, like, please help, please pray for us. And so this is what I get. I said, any news. And then of course, you know, about an hour later or 30 minutes later, after they left the oncologist department, brace yourselves, brace yourselves, folks. Oh my goodness. She says, God is amazing. Sis, 
course, he is, praise the Lord, we know that. She said, through all this, we weren't told what kind of cancer, just that it's stage four throat cancer. Dr. Jones put it to a straight. He says that it's a slow-moving cancer and that the treatment he's putting him on is a new treatment and he's going to live. Glory to God, she says. Dwayne almost busted out in tears. The doctor hugged him and said that he's possibly had this cancer for like five years. And then she goes on to say, which looking back makes uh, so much sense. She says, Dwayne, uh, we thought was um, um, not depression, she said, but was just getting older you know, and slows and, and slows you down. She said depression. Anyway, she says, um, but it was the body fighting the beginning stages of the cancer. Why it's so important to be tested every so often. She says, thanks for the prayers. Love you so much, my dear friend. And I said, all glory to God. Praise Jesus. And she says, yes, ma'am. Hallelujah, you guys. Hallelujah. Our God is an amazing God. And you know what? Even if that would have been even worse news. Yeah, I can tell you what. From the kind of godly people that they are, they would still be praising Jesus. They would still be praising Jesus because that's just who they are. And um, we know that our time here on earth is but a vapor. You know, we all know that. I hope you guys know that. And um, it doesn't really matter because ultimately, you know, we know that by his stripes, we are healed. And that may not be our physical bodies, but we do know spiritually we are healed. We are healed, and we are um, we we have eternity to spend with the Lord Jesus Christ, and so um, I'm just so thankful, and uh, I, I I'm so thankful for all y'all's prayers too, and I'm amazing. God is amazing. Let me tell you, I know that y'all know, but you know, hearing encouraging praise reports like that is just oh, it's just a boost in our little spiritual pants. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, <laughs> let me get to some of these stories that are. Oh boy, let me tell you, it's going to put you on the edge of your little spiritual pants. But here we go. Digital kill switch, how tyrannical governments stifle political dissent. Folks, this article is by John Whitehead. Uh, and anyways, you can find it at leohomanhohman.com. Go show Leo some love. So we will talk about that article. And I've got Murphy up here on the desk. It's been a long time since the Murph has jumped up on the desk with me. So... She's not feeling so well, so I'm going to let Murph do whatever Murph wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know. So Digital ID Framework, the WEF, is creating much more than, quote, proof of identity, unquote. And this is by, you know him, and we all are beginning to really love him. It is Dean Dwyer coming to us from the HarbingersDaily.com, posted on the 13th of January. So... Praise the Lord. We love, we love Dean Dwyer there in um, Australia. Oh, tell you what, one of these days I really want to go there. You know what I mean? Maybe one day I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Always, since I was a little kid. And uh, what was that show um, with what's her name? You know, the Xena. There you go, the Princess Warrior. Yep, from way back when I was a kid. Always wanted to go there because it was so beautiful. All those, the scenery was just beautiful breathtaking and i've always heard there's nothing like venomous there i'm like wow but then over in australia it's like everything can kill you beautiful set of armory <laughs> they dig in by crikey i'm like whoa and they're so close together you know but that's kind of cool but anyway maybe i know when the lord comes back i'll get to go to those places but until then i'm never gonna make it over there <laughs> not not in this earthly lifetime that i have now but anyway oh, it's amazing so what else do we have going on this is going to scare the pants off of you guys so genetic scientists are creating health doomsday for humanity always reminds me jesus said in the book of revelation he has to come back and destroy those who are destroying the earth boom 
here we have it. So I know you've all heard of the, the new disease X, right? They've been planning a ton of these um, diseases out there to come back. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible actually talks about pestilences. Whoo! I tell you what. So we have known about this for a very long time. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear sink in because let me tell you something. We may die here in this little physical body that we have, but our souls and spirits will live for eternity. So you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. That's the decision that you need to make. And it's not your mama's personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or your grandmama's or your mama's or whatever. It is your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there'll be those that have gone to heaven that will be, and I mean, Jesus even says so. They'll say, but Lord, Lord, we do all these things in your name. You know, we cast out devils in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. Those are words you don't ever want to hear. So make sure, make sure that the personal relationship you have with the Lord Jesus is secure. And don't let anybody tell you um, that you just pray this little prayer and you go and live in that sinful life like you did before. And you're saved, honey. This is some fire insurance, you know. Yeah, no. Let me tell you something. You have to know what you're being saved from. And you have to know what that price was paid for you to be saved. It wasn't, you know, some flippant whatever things you're going to go down there and say. No, Jesus Christ came, lived the perfect sinless life. He died a horrific death on the cross for you and I to take our place on the cross. God poured his wrath out onto his only son, his only begotten son on the cross. So it's you and I could have salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. So, remember that. It was a hefty price that was paid for you and I. Okay? So, I mean, I always want to make that clear because a lot of people don't know. I mean, you know, and it's not their fault. It's these little people that tell them on television, you know, you just sow a seed into my ministry and God's going to bless you. <laughs> That's right. He's going to bless you 100-fold. Really? Really? Where does it say? I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I see that nowhere in the Bible. Now, if we give God a tenth of our, our tithe. Oh, okay. Okay, God God will always take care of us. He's always going to take care of us. If you go and you read through, what is it? Matthew, is it Matthew 6? Where he talks about, uh, is it Matthew 6? You know, we should actually go and look that up while we're talking about that. Shall we? Let's do it. Yes, it's uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What? A marvelous, reassuring, encouraging, comforting scripture. 
I tell you what, I love the word of God. I tell you this so that we will not worry about what is coming upon the world. Because we do know judgment is coming. But praise God that we are not meant for his wrath. So as Christians, we will be harpazoed, snatched away, out of here, boom, rapturoed out of this world before God's wrath is poured out on this world. But we will see things happening that will be happening. I mean, you can see them forming. All these things will be forming um, of what's coming in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel. Hey, if you guys are following along, my pastor is doing in times study. And so we did um, Daniel um, on Wednesday. It's on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's on my Facebook page, um, Bible Prophecy for Today. It's on there. And I've also uploaded them to the website. So the best place to find everything would be the website, Bible Prophecy, the number four, today.com. Go check it out. I'm telling you what. Huh, I love my pastor. I'm telling you. I found him during COVID. So way back when. And I remember I thought I was going to die. And it was. And I remember I said, Lord, if I, if I make it through this, if I survive, I will go to church. I promise I will. I will find a good church and I'll go. And as I was laying there, I had to keep, my, keep you know, setting myself up and moving around. But I found on YouTube Pastor Randy Davis here in Amarillo, Texas. And we were at Lifeway Fellowship at that time. But then he quote unquote retired earlier last year well this time last year as a matter of fact uh anyway and so um he went to interim uh church be the interim pastor over at this other church and of course they adopted him and wanted him to be their pastor of course they did because you know it's great and he boy i tell you what he knows in times prophecy i think he's been to israel like 30 times on he leads tours and stuff over there so anyway if you want to hear from somebody who really really knows about end times events that's where i'm learning from would be my pastor so if you guys can tune in that'd be fantastic um it is facebook live i tried a live video um on Wednesdays, the can the church did get a 4K camera, praise God, um, and they should start uploading Sunday services to um, the website and so also to the Facebook page. So anyway, that's uh, New Hope Fellowship at River Road. If you want to go look us up, but anyway, all right, here we go, guys. Buckle up, folks. Buckle up. Genetic scientists are creating the health doomsday humanity. This is at technocracy dot news. If you can go check it out, uh, the article is by Miriam. Heenan via Substack, and it was posted on the 19th of January. So this is just a little in, a takeaway from the editor, which I do believe is um, Patrick Woods. And um, I didn't know this, and I completely forgot, but I was re-watching some of these prophecy uh, conference videos that I've been watching, and um, Tom Hughes had mentioned he'd had a stroke last year. I completely uh, just totally forgot about that. So um, be in prayer for Patrick Woods. I um, heard he's doing very well, but he does have the website um, technocracy.news and um, he does a lot, a lot of research um, for us. He's a great editor and a great author. Um, he does have the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism. He does have that book out. Um, so, you know, go show, definitely go show him some love. He's got a lot, a lot of experience. And so anyway, we'll talk about this. So what he what he is talking about, here's his little synopsis of the summary. He says, tampering with human mRNA and DNA is the height of arrogance by scientists who have no understanding of what they are doing. But now all humans are their guinea pigs. Studies show that the COVID, quote, vaccines, unquote, are causing prion disease, a.k.a. Kreutzfeldt-Jacob disease, CJD. 
uh, subacute spongiform encephalopathy, or in other words, mad cow disease. It is caused when proteins misfold in the brain, uh, leaving holes that resemble Swiss cheese. It is 100% fatal. Fortunately, relatively few people will die from CJD, but it throws another log on the fire, along with myocarditis, myopericarditis, strokes, Parkinson's, sudden death syndrome, organ failure, cancer, and more. Prions are defined as proteinaceous infections particles uh, solely composed of an aberrantly folded endogenous protein devoid of nucleic acids. They are not viruses and are not dependent on living body to survive. Have you heard of anyone who complained, I regret not taking the COVID shot? If you regret having taken the shot, there are protocols that you can follow that will help reverse or mitigate the symptoms. And of course, like he says, like I wrote yesterday, the only way to stop these genetic maniacs is to, quote, take away their key cards and their containment suits, immediately escort them out of their laboratories, permanently ban them from any other scientific research for life, and then raise the buildings to the ground, he says. So, um, unfortunately, um, I wish it was that easy, but, you know, they would just go into somebody's basement probably and do the same thing. Um, these are evil, wicked, wicked people, and they are being ruled by Satan, of course, um, and, you know, demonic forces, and so, you know, we need to think about the world, that that's really what we live in. I know a lot of people want to say, you know, well, demons, that's, you know, that doesn't, no, they're not really existent. Yes, they are. <laughs> Who do you think these quote-unquote aliens are? They are demons, you know, they never come from outer space or just appear in, they're just there, you know. Folks, they're demons. And uh, the Bible talks a lot about them. Jesus spoke a lot about demons and unclean spirits. And so, um, don't be fooled. Don't be, you know, don't, don't be deceived. Like I always say, be ye not deceived, you know. Don't, don't let that happen. Be aware. Read your Bible. You know, get get your nose in the book, as Pastor Billy Crone says. But um, anyway, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that article. It's terrifying, and uh, you know, you wonder like, what are they doing? What you know, talk about disease X? Like, what are they doing? There's a lot of diseases, and the Bible tells us. I mean, the Bible tells us pretty clearly what's coming in the Book of Revelation. Tells us pestilences and disease. All of these things will be coming upon the world, and um, I, I, you know, we see the beginning of them right now. We see the beginning. Um, of what's to come upon the world. And um, you don't know how long we're going to be here as Christians. I pray the Lord takes us home tonight. <laughs> I pray he takes us home before I can finish my sentence. But, you know, we are here for a reason to glorify God and to bring glory to his name and to tell people, as many people as we can, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you can be free from your sin and bondage. You can be free. You know, we're here to tell people the good news. As long as we can, as long as there's breath in our body, that's that's our main goal. That's what we should be doing. It's not about who has the nicest house, drives the best car, you know, um, whatever. That's that's not what it's about. It's about the Lord Jesus because we will spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, your house ain't going to mean nothing then. Your car won't mean nothing. Your job won't mean nothing. The clothes you wear won't mean a thing. I mean, you know, I'm sure I, I can't wait to see what kind of clothes we're going to have in heaven. That's going to be great. I tell you what, oh, I'm excited about going to heaven. And I know you guys are too. And uh, the longer we're in this world, the more weary we get. I know. I, I feel it. I know you guys feel it. It's, it's like suffocating. Sin is everywhere. Blatant, disgusting sin is 
prevalent. And I always think about the miry pits. You know, that's what I feel like we are stuck in this large miry pit, you know, and this sin is everywhere. And I think about, you know, uh, the days, you know, like, it says, as the days of Noah, so shall it be on the days when the Lord Jesus comes back. And sin was everywhere. And I keep thinking, man, you know, what? now we kind of have an idea of what that was. So when we read, you know, through that again, through Genesis and all that again, it kind of gives us a different understanding, you know, of what was, what, how it must have felt. Because we can feel that now. I know you guys can sense the evil, the, 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 the foreboding of sin. And so we are to be the salt and the light of the world. And so we have the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so we are to go and still tell people the good news because there are a lot of lost people who need the good news. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. I don't care what kind of sinner you are. We are all sinners and falling short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death. And so it doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what sin you've committed. It doesn't matter, okay? You need to repent of your sin. Ask Christ to forgive you. Cry out to him to save you. And you know what? You are a brand new creature in Christ. The Bible says you're brand new. All of that. doesn't matter what all you've done. Remember the, the prostitute? Remember? They caught her in the act of, a, you know, the act Remember, <laughs> like it didn't matter about the man. <laughs> no, they bring her and throw her at the feet of Jesus. Oh, you guys, come on now. I'm telling you, God is good. God is merciful. He is more than willing to forgive you of your sins. He died on a cross to forgive you of your sins. The, vo- the veil was torn from top to bottom when he died on the cross, which means you don't have to go to anybody but God. That's it. We have an open door to God, to his throne right now. You don't have to go to anybody. You can go straight to the throne room of God because of what Jesus Christ has done, because we are covered in his blood. So when God sees you and me, he doesn't see us for the wretched, wicked, disgusting, filthy sinners that we are. He sees us through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And we are made righteous through Christ's blood. So when he sees us, he sees us through his son. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing, you guys. That is good news. That is good news to somebody. That's good news to all of us, especially in this wicked, drowning world that we live in right now of sin and death and, and depravity and deplorable and everything. That is good news to people. We need to go out there and tell them the good news because I'll tell you what you can't do in heaven. You can't tell somebody about the gospel, about Jesus, how much Jesus loves you in heaven because we're in heaven. We know. Anyway, that's my thing tonight, guys. Sorry. But I mean, time is short. Time is so short. Okay. Like that's the only thing that really matters. That's the only thing that ma- to me, that's the only thing that matters to me right now is telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. That's like, I am fire for that. You know, I and mean, that is, that's whoo. That's so important. That's so important. We look at the world today and these diseases that we're going to be talking about, the wars that are happening, the rumors of wars, just like everything Jesus said would be happening before he came back. And he goes, when you see the beginning of these things, Lift your head up high because your redemption draws near. Well, we are in the beginning, folks. 
work I mean, I mean i think we're way past the beginning but yeah you know the bible says when you see these things begin so we are seeing these beginning there's earthquakes happening literally in diverse places right right now you know all kinds of things are happening weather crazy weather things are happening just like just like the bible says so we know these things are happening so we should be even more excited because we know that we're about to go home we're gonna be shot out of here like whoo scotty beam me up right but the rest of the world will be left there will be people that you know and I know that will be left because they have rejected Jesus Christ. And there'll be some that'll be left because they didn't really believe us. They thought we were nutcases, you know, that the <laughs> Jesus freaks, you know, whatever. And they'll still have a chance to repent, to be, you know, saved. But the thing is, they're going to be left for destruction, for hell on earth. They will be hunted down for their faith. They'll be hunted down, folks, and the Jews will be beheaded. I mean, Satan will be an all-out war. I mean, he hates us, and he hates the Jews. So get that straight in your head. That's why the world hates us. It hated Jesus. It's going to hate us, too. He said, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. But just know that in this lifetime, we will have trials and tribulations. It's not your wallet to be fed. God's going to cause you to find money. No. <laughs> we are guaranteed trials and tribulations. We are not guaranteed a fat wallet and we're going to find money and we're going to be promoted. And we're going to drive Cadillacs and we're going to. No. No, <laughs> tell that to the Apostle Paul as he was being, you know, as he was being beheaded. Tell that to John as he was being dipped in boiling oil. Oh, I bet they were thinking about, well, where's my good life? No, we are living for eternity, not for this world. I'll tell you what, guys, things are going to get very, very difficult. They're already difficult. Look at the UK. Look over there. I I never thought I would see the day when you'd be arrested for praying in your head. You know what I mean? This is really going on. Look at Canada. All Canada. What happened to all Canada? They're so nice in Canada. Like maple syrup. I'm like, what happened? They were like a free country. They're not free anymore. Folks, if you live in America, we're not free either. Okay. Like I'm trying to use my Canva to do some like some digital stuff and it's telling me i can't do that because it goes against their um protocols or against their i was like what i can't i can't type gun in canva.com know that people if you use canva <laughs> and you want to use the magic editor no that goes against their policies i'm sorry we can't use the word gun <laughs> like, <laughs> we need a canva but for texas people you know <laughs> ar-15s and you know, all that fun stuff. You know, them mean rifles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, folks, let me tell you, we're technically not free in the United States either. You may think you're free, but we're really not free. Because you know how they're getting us? Through social media. Now, taking social media and anything you say, you can't really say. You know, oh, my gosh, the hounds of hell are coming after you if you say anything against their agenda. You know? Mm-hmm. If you say anything against the trans community or like whatever, oh man, they're coming after you. It angers me because God loves those people. He loves them just as much as he loves you and me. He loves homosexuals just as much as he loves you and me. He loves everybody. He loves me. I mean, I can't believe he loves me. I'm a wretched, sinful wretch of a person and he loves me. He loves them. He loves all of us. And he wants us all. He, God doesn't want anybody to perish, but he wants all to come to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't want anybody to perish. 
So when you go to hell, you sent yourself there because you rejected his son. It's like the vineyard. Y'all remember that that parable that Jesus taught on the vineyard? Well, you know, he sent his workers there and they killed him. And he sent the other ones down there and they killed him too. And he goes, well, I'll send my son. They'll listen to my son. And they killed him too. So, I mean, you know. But listen, folks. Oh, my goodness. I got way off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know how I, you know how I get. I'm sorry, you guys. But I always pray before I jump on here and I, you know, just want the, you know, I just want the truth to get out. You know, maybe somebody hearing this, um, maybe hadn't heard the gospel for the first time and they don't really know. Um, and they may think that, you know, whatever they've done is unforgivable. It's not, it's not, nothing is, a, there's the unforgivable sin, but that's a rejection of Jesus. That's a rejection of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you're dying. That's it. You know? So if you still have breath in your lungs, you can still cry out to the Lord Jesus to save you. So, uh, let's jump on to some of these articles, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, it's this, uh, there's only, you know, when you think about the big scheme of life and you big think of what is the most important thing? What is the most important thing? Your personal relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. So let's jump to harbingersdaily.com and Jonathan Brentner posted an article today, the 19th of January, the world versus Israel. The increased loathing of the Jewish state tells us Jesus is appearing is close. And so that is the truth, you guys. So that's another that's another signpost telling us the Lord's return is soon. So let's jump into this article. When it comes to Israel, we live in an upside down world. One would think that after the atrocities committed against his people on October the 7th, 2023, the world would fully support their efforts to destroy the terrorist uh, terrorist organization behind the attack. But such is not the case. Although many polls show that the so-called Palestinians overwhelmingly approve of Hamas's barbaric attack, the prevailing world sentiment favors their cause. Many world leaders, including the Biden administration, are urging Israel to step back from its efforts to bring the Hamas terrorists to justice and prevent future attacks. Why does the world so strongly oppose Israel? Well, Satan hates Israel. Satan is the culprit behind the current hatred of the nations for the Jewish people. He is the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.1, and his dominance over the affairs of the nations is becoming more apparent with each passing day. The devil possesses a deep hatred for God and for all those that he loves. With Israel, however, it's also a matter of preventing Jesus' future reign over the nations. If he can wipe out the Jewish people, then the Lord cannot fulfill Bible prophecy by returning to a repentant remnant who will welcome him into Jerusalem with shouts of blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew chapter 23 verses 37 to 39. When tempted, Jesus rejected Satan's offer of all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Matthew 4 verses 7 and 10. Rather than accept this offer, Jesus chose to obey his father, endure the cross for our sake, and receive and receive the nations in the future as his inheritance. Psalm 2 verse 8. In a vain attempt to stop this transfer of power to the Lord, Satan is now seeking to eliminate the Jewish people along with destroying all humanity. He will fail, of course. But he will continue to do great damage until the Lord takes the world's kingdoms away from him during the tribulation period. It fulfills biblical prophecy, thus demonstrating God's sovereignty over all things. 
The Bible long ago predicted that this day would arrive. God controls humans and will accomplish his purposes through the world's hatred for Israel. We see his sovereignty over history in the well-known Gog, Magog prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39. From these chapters, we learn that God will bring these forces to the borders of the nations so that he alone might destroy them and receive all the glory for himself. Some nations will protest and the motives will protest the motives for the invasion of the land, but Israel will stand alone. No other country will defend the nation. Given the current hatred for Israel, it's easy to imagine a scenario in which the nation stands alone. We already see that we already see what the Lord spoke to the prophet Joel concerning the last days through the efforts of the nations to divide the land God promised, or I'm sorry, to the land God promised to Israel. The goal of Satan is to eliminate the nation. However, the world will use his ploys to destroy both his forces and the Antichrist. And at the end uh, of the tribulation, God will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there, Joel 3, 2, and also Revelation 19, 17 to 21. And I'm sorry, but Murphy is walking back and forth, back and forth in front of my monitor. So I'm sorry, you guys. So although this decisive battle, which we call Armageddon, does not happen until at least another seven years or longer, we already see the devil stirring up the hatred of the world that will later lead to it. God will use our adversary to bring about the conflict that will forever end his power over the nations. His sovereignty will trump Satan's hatred for Israel. I don't know what will happen next in the current world. Some say that an all-out war uh, between um, Israel and Hezbollah is imminent, which could rapidly expand to a regional war with grave consequences for the entire world. The Bible says that Damascus will experience total destruction. That is Isaiah 17.1. But this has never happened. Could we see the fulfillment of this prophecy as a consequence of the predicted expansion of the current hostilities? Mm, It's possible, he says, and I agree. Uh, We know two things for sure. First, the continual warfare will make Israel all the more eager to make a future deal with the Antichrist, which the prophet Isaiah referred to as the covenant with a death, Isaiah 28, 14 through 18. And also you can check out Daniel 9, 27. By the time the man... I'm sorry, by the time the man of lawlessness arrives on the scene, Israel's leaders will readily accept his terms, believing he can assure them of enduring peace. Second, the murderous opposition of the Antichrist during the second half of the tribulation, along with the day of the Lord's judgment experienced worldwide, will cause the Jews that remain alive to repent and welcome their Messiah into Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 12, verses 10 through chapter 13, verse 1. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 through 39. Satan can never thwart God's purposes, not for Israel, not for us. The increasing loathing of the world for Israel tells us that the time of Jesus' appearing to take us home to glory is ever so close. Yes, Jonathan, I totally agree. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Oh, boy, you guys. So let's jump over here to genetic scientists. Now, I know this is some crazy stuff, folks. And I'm not going to read this entire article because it is lengthy and, um, but it does have some very important things that I want to touch on and talk to you guys about. And I'm sorry about my cat as I'm walking back and forth in front of my monitors. <laughs> no, guys, I don't have the fancy studio. <laughs> I have my cat, Murphy. If you guys ever watch my videos on my old YouTube channel, then you would know, you know, my little black and white cat. She is, um, she hasn't been feeling very well. So I'm just kind of letting her do whatever she wants to do. That's right. So here we have... Um, this is technocracy.news and it's of course by Miriam Hainan and it's by, uh, via Substack posted today, the 19th of January. 
genetic scientists are creating health doomsday for humanity. Here we go. So, as a as usual, she says, I am multitasking. It's Saturday evening, and I'm listening to the hearing on the injuries caused by the COVID-19 vaccines. It's three hours long, and I'm only halfway through. I also have a bazillion tabs open across three monitors. She says, while I listen, I am working on a new piece looking at Jeffrey Epstein's ties to eugenics, transhumanism, and artificial intelligence. People focus on little St. James in the Virgin Islands, but how about Zorro Ranch in New Mexico? She says, stay tuned. Mm. So for now, she says, I'll say that many scientists and professors happily took the money with no qualms um, from the uh, Papa uh, philanthropist parasite until the extent of the sex trafficking reached critical mass. For instance, Epstein support futuristic Google light Ray Kurzweil. I listened to Kurzweil in, per- in person in 2018 at a Radfest billed um, as the largest event in the world where practical and cutting edge methods to reverse uh, aging are presented for all interest levels. The event hosted by Life Extension was held in a hotel in Orange County, which turned out to be ridden with mold. By the way, mold does not promote Life Extension. She says, I got so sick, I asked for a refund. The truth is, many buildings are sick buildings. After that event, I ended up writing in a book titled uh, A Biohacker's Manual, A Five-Step Protocol. She says, in any case, I was ignorant of the transhumanist agenda then when uh, she says, on one end of the spectrum are biohacks like me who believe in optimizing biology, not eradicating our immune system. On the other end are characters like Kurzweil and nanotech King Charles Labor who want to replace human cells with nanotech and fuse machines with men. Mm, you've heard the WEF talk about that. Oh, you know. But anyway, we're going to move on. So Kurzweil uh, sits as an advisor of the Lifeboat Foundation. And as early as 2009, he once again exemplifies the skills of prophecy. Kurzweil wrote on the website, quote, The new realities of terrorism and suicide bombers pull us one step further. How would we react to the devastation caused by a virus, bacterium, or other pathogen unleashed not by the forces of nature, but intentionally by man, unquote. She goes on to say, Kurzweil also warned against self-organizing nano-weapons. And here's a quote, guys. However, tomorrow's biggest danger is nano-weapons, and we believe it is now time to develop a solution to this problem, Kurzweil said. As the threshold for self-organizing nanotechnology approaches, we will then need to invest specifically in the development of defensive technologies in that area, including the creation of a technological immune system. She goes on to say, and he also warned about prions. Prions are pathogenic agents that cause abnormal folding or specific normal cellular proteins in the brain. Prion protein damage, once it reaches the inflammatory scarring stage, causes tiny holes to form in brain tissue, making it appear sponge-like under a microscope. Prion disease is usually rapid and always fatal. The spike protein can cause some of the proteins to change shape, misfold, and lose their function. In prion disease, the misfolded human protein can can then cause other similar proteins to also misfold, which leads to an exponentially increasing problem. The misfolded protein tangles uh, tangle and the clump can disrupt function further, eventually scarring and cell death in the region leads to loss of function in the area. Brain cell death can cause physical movement or difficulty with cognitive skills, concentration, decision making, or speech and sense perception. Folks, 
going to pause here real quick, but I know two people that took that injection that have Alzheimer's. One has just passed away. She um, was one of my clients. And another one, um, he is still living, um, but he was uh, uh, he, he was super smart, super intelligent, still is, still is, but has Alzheimer's now, dementia. But anyway, going to move right along. Just to, just to let you know, this, it, is, it, it is happening and it has happened. So with the vaccines. Anyway, moving right along. So prion protein is transmissible. It says exos, exomes containing spike protein and possibly the mRNA gene sequence may also be exhaled or released in sweat or other bodily fluids by the recent COVID injected. Because we are in uncharted territories, we do not know about peak risk. With that said, many, including myself, have gotten ill after being close to people who have been freshly vaccinated and or boosted. Immune compromised people are more likely to produce spikes for a longer amount of time than people with a healthier immune system that is better able to detox the body. Because you can read more about prions. Uh, in her ebook. So he goes on to say a frightening study published by the Human Microbiology Institute revealed the outer shell of the SARS-CoV spike protein contains prion-like regions that give the virus a 10 to 20-fold higher affinity for ACE2 to be exact. The key region of the spike protein that that studies SARS-CoV2's uh, studs SARS-CoV-2's outer surface is called receptor binding domain or RBD. In 2017, John Hopkins published the SPARS pandemic 2025-2028, a report about a communications drill for a jab that could accidentally, quote unquote, cause bovine spongy form encephalophily, aka mad cow prion disease. Folks, 2017, they said this, remember, 2017, and it was published, the SPARS pandemic, 2025 to 2028. Remember that. Mm. It has rather conclusively been determined that the mRNA-produced spike or S-spike protein is not quite the same as in the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The produced protein is similar but misshaped in 3D. It is a chiral mirrored or stereo stereo isomer a mirror image misfolded protein that can lead to similar problems as prion disease on january 21st 2020 a paper published by researchers in the key laboratory of molecular biology and immunology of the shanghai pasteur institute of the chinese academy of sciences mentioned that the sequence of a key part of the s protein of the virus is highly homoglobus uh, to this virus um, in number six, it says, furthermore, some studies show that the mRNA COVID-19 jabs may progressively degenerate the brain from prion disease. Folks, I'm telling you, stay away from those jabs. Stay away from them. He goes on to say, that same year, many doctors on the front line anticipated that the COVID-19 jab could take up to four years for us to start seeing prion disease. Why does Big Pharma anticipate a 300% increase in prion diseases by 2028? It seems that doctors are admitting that the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 mRNA vaccines can cause the CJD, or we're going to say mad cow disease, and prion diseases, which are universally fatal. 
The 2008 Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Luke Muntingier's uh, paper on a new form of rapidly developing creutzfeldt jakob disease in 26 cases after COVID-19 and vaccination with Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca remains a key paper on the subject. This new, quote, rapid form of CJD had symptoms appearing on average 11.4 days after COVID-19 vaccine injections. Oh, my goodness, you guys. So how do COVID-19 vaccines generate prions, asked radiologists, oncologists, cancer researchers, and author William Makis, MD. He writes, not my expertise, but my understanding is DNA errors can cause prions, mRNA errors can cause prions, mRNA translation errors can cause prions, and spike protein has prion-like domains prions mm. ask yourself where can things go wrong in pfizer or moderma 19 covid 19 mrna vaccine production errors in dna plasmids errors in transcribing dna plasmids to mod rna errors in the you get the point <laughs> i don't have to go through all that all right but we are going to add he does say quote the more we learn about the contamination and poor quality of pfizer's and moderna's covid 19 mrna jack uh, vaccines the more likely it is that these products contain all kinds of dna and RNA errors and defects that could result in abnormal or misfolded proteins being produced as well as protein aggregates, amyloid fibrils, prions, and lead to a large variety of diseases which contribute to the rapid aging, disability, and death. At least 14 years ago, Kurzweil also predicted prions would be an issue. 14 years ago, quote, it's possible today to synthesize virulent pathogens from scratch or to engineer and manufacture prions that introduced indetectably over time into a nation's food supply would, after a long delay, afflict, afflict millions with a terrible and often fatal disease. It's a new world, unquote. That was 14 years ago. Look at all the food that you eat. It says bioengineered. All that corn, bioengineered, genetically modified food organisms. Organisms are a living thing. Back to the article. So while prions have not been introduced into our food supply that I know of, she says, it seems that they have already been introduced into the human body in mass. And here it talks about, let's see if I can blow this up. Um... I'm going to increase the font. Oh, boy, I tell you, I'm, you know, you know me. <laughs> Says this, the new realities of terrorism and suicide bombers pull us one step further. How would we react to the devastation caused by a virus or bacterium? Okay, we've read that before. Or other pathogen unleashed by not the forces of nature, but intentionally by man. And that's where that other paragraph comes in. We're talking about the new world like I just read to y'all folks wickedness wickedness beyond wickedness but you know they tell us their plans beforehand you know oh golly gee digital kill switches how tyrannical governments stifle political dissent by john whitehead you can find it at legalhoman.com h-o-h-m-a-n-n.com oh yes folks we're going to check this out. So it says, uh, no president from either party should have the sole power to shut down or take control of the Internet or any other of our communication channels during an emergency. Senator Rand Paul said, was to stop the U.S. government from throwing the kill switch and shutting down phone and Internet communications in a time of so-called crisis. 
after all, it's happening all over the world. Do you guys remember a while back um, when Verizon had their quote-unquote um, outage there over Alabama and Florida and some other people, um, places? And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was amazing that uh, they could still get on Facebook. Y'all notice that? They could still use Facebook and they could still use Instagram, and but they, they couldn't get news. They couldn't call people. They could still text. They couldn't send pictures. You know, so it kind of targeted certain areas of um, the internet. And so it kind of makes you wonder, hmm, they know what they're doing and they can do it anytime that they want to. So we're going to go back up here and read this article. So it goes on to say communication kill switches have been tyrannical tools of domination and oppression to stifle political dissent, shut down or resistance, forestall election losses, reinforce military coups, and keep the populace isolated, disconnected, and in the dark, literally and figuratively. As the Guardian reports, quote, from Ukraine to Myanmar, government-run in internet outages are picking up pace around the world. 2021, there were 182 shutdowns in 34 countries. Countries across Africa and Asia have turned to shutdowns in a bid to control behavior, while India, largely in the conflict-ridden region of Jammu and Kashmir, uh, plunged into digital darkness more times than any other last year. Civil unrest in Ethiopia and Kazakhstan has triggered internet shutdowns as governments tried to prevent political mobilization and stop news about military suppression from emerging goes on to say an internet in an internet connected age killing the internet is tantamount to bringing everything communications commerce travel the power grid to a standstill tyrants and would-be tyrants rely on this quote cloak of darkness to advance their agendas in Myanmar, for example the internet shutdown came on the day uh, a newly elected government was to have been sworn in that's when the military staged a digital coup and seized power. Under cover of a communications blackout that cut off the populace from the outside world and each other, the junta carried out nightly raids, smashing down doors to drag out high-profile politicians, activists, and celebrities. These government-imposed communication shutdowns serve to not only isolate, terrorize, and control the populace, but also underscore the citizens' lack of freedom in the face of the government's limitless power. Yet, as University of California Irvine law professor David Kay explains, these kill switches are no longer exclusive to despotic regimes. They have migrated into a toolbox for governments that actually do have the rule of law. That is what digital authoritarianism is also technocracy looks like in a technological age. Digital authoritarianism is, as the Center for Strategic and International Studies cautions, involves the use of information technology to surveil, repress, and manipulate the populace, endangering human rights and civil liberties, and co-opting and corrupting the foundational principles of democratic and open societies, including freedom of movement, the right to speak freely and express political dissent, and the right to personal privacy online and off. Hmm. Kind of like the United States. Like, they'll shut you down. They'll take your Facebook page. They'll take your Instagram. They'll take whatever. Your YouTube page. Like, they took mine. My little bitty tiny page back then. Teeny tiny page. They t they'll take them down. Boom. And it's like you never existed. You know what I mean? They can already do that. But there's a huge global risk. Uh, and, folks, it's, it's, it's deep, dark. And uh, I think you kind of see where they're going with this. You get the Antichrist. <laughs> 
And he's going to rule the world, artificial intelligence and all this stuff. And they're going to track trades and they're going to know everything. And you can't buy and you can't sell. And you're going to have to, you're going to worship the image of the beast. And they're going to know if you're not worshiping the image of the beast. And it has the power to kill you. Like, what? Folks, we see all this stuff happening now. Well, you can see it now. I mean, cameras look right at you. Cameras are everywhere. Your phone, if you have a smart TV, like I was telling you, if it's smart, it means it's smartly listening to you. It knows everything about you. And uh, so I mean, we just see these things happening, you know, and um, it's all coming together just like just like the Bible said, just like the Bible says. Amazing. I'm just amazed. I tell you what. Oh, praise the Lord. But there is a lot of stuff coming. So elections will soon be a quaint relic of the past, says globalist Klaus Schwab, who points to AI as the coming king of democracy. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of wanted to show you all this. Um, just a little quote on here. And so it says, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, here we go. So World Economic Forum founder and chairman Klaus Schwab showed his true Nazi colors today. Davos saying that nations will soon no longer need to bother holding, quote, elections, unquote, because voters could easily be replaced by artificial intelligence. Mm. AI is more than capable of choosing a nation's leaders, he said. Schwab made the bone-chilling comments during a WEF interview with Google co-founder uh, Sergey Brim, which was posted to X by Ezra Levant of Rebel News. Folks, just know that we are in a world right now that is not... Um, not like the world we grew up in and we're never going back we're never going back things will only get worse it's never going to get better so if you're one of those all millennials like you think you got to make this the world's got to be perfect before so we can jesus can come back here everything's got to be <laughs> read your bible because that's not what's going to happen that's not what's going to happen digital id framework by dean dwyer the wef is creating much more than proof of identity yes guys uh queensland australia he goes in australia submissions regarding the government's proposed digital identity legislation will end on a 19th january 2024 this was only ratified by a senate vote on 30 uh, November 2023, meaning there is a politically motivated min minuscule time frame for the Australian public to voice its opposition. One can help but wonder if the government has deliberately chosen an expiration date when people have been distracted by Christmas or may still be enjoying a holiday. That aside, many believers continue to hold real concerns about what a digital identity framework will mean for citizens. The term, quote, identity, unquote, has a long history deriving from the Latin word item implying sameness in continuity. That is to say that your identity is connected to you personally, remains with you personally, and can never relate to another person. Even in cases of identity fraud, your identity is not permanently taken from you. You're still you, no matter who tries to pretend to be you. And he says, in times past, people are, he says, in times past, nobody was particularly concerned about analyzing their identity until the 20th century when the term identity came into popular usage. Eric Erickson, 
um, who passed away in 1994, was a German-American child psychoanalyst known for his theory on psychosocial development of human beings. He was the man who coined the phrase identity crisis. Mm. Since then, rather than asking what class or nation one belonged to, the question had more to do with who am I? Erickson's definition of an identity crisis is as follows. The condition of being uncertain of one's feelings about oneself, especially with regard to character goals and origins, occurring especially in adolescence as a result of growing up under disruptive, fast-changing conditions. Whether Erickson's views uh, were helpful to society or not, as the concept of an identity crisis has evolved, we are now mired in debates about how one acquires an identity. Is it given to me socially? Is it part of my character? Have my parents played a role in my identity? Do I get to define my... Do I get to define it myself? Is it God-given? Then there is the question of the hour. What role should the government play in my identity? Since we live in an age of unprecedented interest in the subject of personal identity, yet people remain somewhat confused about it. So in order to develop a socially acceptable formula, people turn to characteristic identity markers such as ethnicity, gender, sexuality, age, culture, occupation, social status, religion, and marital status. But there is also a growing movement which encourages people to look within for their personal identity. In the modern age, that remains the oft-repeated mantra due largely to those who espouse the belief that humanity can find the answers to life's tough questions without God. These are also the same people who completely reject the existence and authority of God due to the fact that being subject to some external authority in their view is akin to oppression. So if God does not exist, mankind must be the highest authority on all things relating to self. Whilst you belong to yourself, sounds like a solemn, self-loving, and expressive way of affirming some fundamental human right is a lie. Already, one of the most popular female vocalists of all time, Taylor Swift, recently gave some very bad advice to all of her fans when receiving her honorary doctorate from New York University. And she said, and I quote, We are so many things all the time, and I know it can be overwhelming uh, figuring out who to be. I have some good news. It's totally up to you. I also have some terrifying news. It's totally up to you. Unquestion, uh, question mark. Unquote. Yeah, big question mark. Anyway, she he goes on to say, uh, well, like Taylor Swift, I also have some good news and some not so good news. He says, let's begin with the good news, which is what we already know as believers. We are made in the image of God. And although we are all sinners, we can be reconciled to God through a saving faith in Christ Jesus. This is the great paradox of Christianity. While many are actively trying to find their identity, it takes some surrender in order to discover your true purpose in life, which is to glorify God. Literally, all, literally our identity must be hidden in Christ because the believer's entire Christ or Christian life after salvation is defined by their identification with Christ. Colossians 3, 3 and Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So while unbelievers, so while unbelievers, the world over espouse a view that they are in control of their own body and identity for the believer, we must take seriously the words of first Corinthians chapter six, verse 19, which I, which says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So now the not so good news, he says, although each of us knows who we are, the Australian government, like many others throughout the world, wish to introduce a digital identity framework so that people may, quote, prove 
who they are online, unquote. Naturally, whenever a government is keen to sell an idea to the public, it espouses the benefits and downplays the concerns. In the world, uh, in the words of the Australian government, quote, for Australians, this means a safe, secure, convenient, and reusable way to prove who they are online and having access to more services and businesses from the comfort of their home at a time that suits them, unquote. The government supposedly wants to empower people. The ordinary person on the street remains concerned that a growing digital framework will in fact empower them, not or it will overpower them, not empower them. In a 2016 presentation, the WEF defined the term identity in the following way. Identity is a collection of individual attributes and describes an entity and determine the transactions in which they in which that identity, or I'm sorry, in which that entity can participate, unquote. A digital identity would mean storing these characteristics in a central digital system from where they could be called up at any time instantaneously. To save us from speculating, the WEF gave you a relatively harmless example. A person may only buy a bottle of wine, the transaction, purchase alcohol, from the age of 18, the attribute age, in a certain jurisdiction, the location, city, state, country. You might already foresee the problem. Through the use of identical identity in future digital currency, governing authorities are able to severely restrict purchasing power. For instance, if they wanted to restrict wine sales to those over 40 in metro areas, using a digital framework, they would easily be able to. But let's take it a step further because a lot more data can be imported into a digital system. Online search history, social media interactions, medical data, i.e. vaccination status, religious beliefs, etc. might all be used to create a digital identity which either empowers or overpowers you. In short, he says, let me put it in spiritual terms which are easy to understand. Psalm 139.1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Unquote. Digital identity is Satan's counterfeit. Through this digital framework, the WEF is creating much more than proof of identity. It is intended to create a kind of transparent human being with every detail known so that every detail of our lives may be controlled. Ultimately, this will all be in the hands of the Antichrist and false prophet. It is a foreshadowing of the mark of the beast. And that, folks is straight on head on to the point that's dean dwyer folks uh, from queensland australia and if you have not had a chance to visit more of his articles you can find him at theharbingersdaily.com and just look for dean dwyer there in the bottom uh, if you scroll down to the uh, to the contributing editors um and journalists you can it's on the uh, honestly the left side <laughs> and you'll find him down there with amir sarfati and the rest of the gang um guys I really do like Dean Dwyer. He can actually watch his sermons, too. He's got um, his sermons online, too. Um, you can watch them through Harbinger's Daily TV. So, with that, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm over my hour. And, um, whew, <laughs> I haven't been on in a while. I just haven't um, haven't felt, you know, haven't felt very well. But I'm feeling very good today. And uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a wonderful day. Uh, it's a glorious day. God is so good. There's nothing too difficult for God. Don't ever forget that. And uh, all glory to God. And so 
Uh, I hope these headlines kind of give you guys an idea of where the world is heading, where we already are, you know, in, in on the prophetic timeline, because we're only the only thing that we're waiting on is the rapture of the church, folks. That's it. And like Jesus said, when you see these things begin to take place, he says, hold your head up high because your redemption draws near. And I hope you guys are doing that. Start your rapture practice, you know, get your rapture practice going. A little tippy-toe, little tippy-toes. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, so much for listening. And join me later on tonight um, as I continue reading um, through the Bible chronologically, the one-year Bible, the one-year chronological Bible. Um, we'll be doing that here later on tonight, the good Lord willing. And we'll be reading through January the 19th. Woohoo! So we finished Genesis yesterday. So we're moving right along into Job tonight, the good Lord willing. So with that, guys, Get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, may tonight be the night he comes and takes us home. At any rate, we're going to keep looking for him. Keep watching for that great um, appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you. Continue to be the salt and light and tell everybody you know and you don't know about Jesus.